Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty that we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share here because we want to help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy these products from every each way often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you ask yourself, why am I not where I want to be in my business? As our mentor and business partner, Dan Nicholson, says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a certified uh, certainty advisor, but also a successful real estate investor. Guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit that subscribe button right now. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show is The Correct Way to Scale a Business. Sounds kind of presumptuous. I'm interested to see where this one goes. But before we get into that, Six-word updates. What do you got, Paul? Six-word update today. Avoid playing Jenga with sledgehammers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and this is just going to be a perfect lead-in to um, what we want to talk about today is like the correct way. Of course, um, you know, there's not one right or wrong way to do this, but I do think that there's general best practices, and we're going to talk about mistakes that we've made. You know, almost blowing ourselves up multiple times in the effort and the you know, to scale, and um, we want to break that apart and give you guys some some practical tools to think about growing a business from a sustainable perspective today. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, for me, my six word update: Do what you said you'd do. Right, and so like I had an epiphany. I want to say about three months back, maybe four months back. It's like, oh, you know, if I could just take fifteen minutes every Sunday morning, I just think about. What are some things I could do for my wife to make her feel loved? I could just do that. 15 minutes. It's not a lot, right? So that she can at least get the best of me, the best version of me versus the rest of me versus what's available after difficult conversations, letting people go, putting deals together, keeping deals alive. And we had one of those last night, right? Keeping a deal like sellers like, ah, you know, I'm, I don't like this anymore. I, I got to get back on the phones, keep them committed to the deal. And then updating everyone. All right, here's the agreement. Here's what the seller needs now. Here's what the new buyers agreed to. Give everyone title instructions so we're all on the same page. This is not allow me to give the best version of myself to my spouse, mm. right? So do what you say you do. Just spend 15 minutes once a week, not a lot, so that you can be thoughtful about how you treat your spouse. Yeah, that's important. I've learned that in the last couple of years, building this business and yeah, what does Jim Rohn say? It's easy to do. It's also easy not to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the problem, the correct way to scale a business. I, I think that's kind of kind of a big, boastful statement. So uh, what's the problem exactly? Well, I would summarize the problem as we, we want so badly to scale and at all costs. So... I say we, like I'm referring to myself. Mm -hmm. First, of all. I can just really just speak for my own experience. I wanted so badly to scale and I was willing to do it at all costs. And so what ended up happening and it happening is I almost blew myself up like mm -hmm. my entire life, my finances, like we end up scaling, but we're taking on more risk and more effort than is necessary to get there. 
And uh, that's really the problem that I see. It doesn't have to be like scale is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a, a reframe, I think, that we use to to grow and to think about getting what we call closer over more. Mm-hmm. Um, scale is just this arbitrary word. Uh, it just means more. We just want to scale towards more. And the real problem here is that we're doing it by maxing out our effort and we're maxing out our risk. Mm-hmm. And now we have no options because of the way that we've now chosen has to work or we're screwed. And that, in my opinion, is the incorrect way yeah. to scale the business. Well, you say, um, I want to scale. I want it all. Uh, I want to take over the world, perhaps, right? That's bad enough. But you missed an additional qualifier. That's definitely true for myself. Well, I don't just want it all. I want it all now, <laughs> right? It's not even like, hey, I would love to be in a place in five years where my business looks like this. It's like, Paul, I want my business to look like this in the next six to 12 months. Yeah. Right? I want to have acquisition managers, disposition managers, lead managers, direct mail dialed in, my sales force working perfectly, um, PPC routed perfectly, right? All my KPIs on point. I want all of these things and a COO who's running everything perfectly so I can sit in the owner's box. Mm-hmm. And if we can make that happen in the next 12 months, Paul, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we talked about this on last show, or maybe it was the previous one, but uh, we call it the, we're now calling that the J.G. Wentworth bias. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever seen the J.G. Wentworth show, it's uh, 877-CASH-NOW or whatever, um, the little jingle. And, you know, they always have people coming on and they're saying, it's my money and I want it now. Well, right. this is what we say as, as real estate investors. It's my dream life and I want it now. I want it all right now. Yeah. Well, I'm patient. I'm willing to wait 12 months. Yeah, I'm willing to wait 12 months, right, to build a world-class business that brings me, you know, million-plus dollars a year, whatever. But Right, while I don't have to work in it. Yeah, while I don't have to work in it, completely not involved in the business. I want to just build this business, and you go take it from there. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do, is we, we, we want it all now. We take on more risk and effort because our brains have been trained ever since we were kids to hustle and grind and just keep buying the next thing just keep hiring that next person as if like if we just scale it and get more revenue then all of our problems will go away Mm -hmm. we think that more revenue equals better and what we're saying here is oftentimes more revenue comes with other problems and so you know you make one decision hey let's hire this acquisitions person but what you don't consider is all of the other things that now have to go right for that person to be successful. They have to have leads, probably have to have a lead manager. You probably have to have all your systems and your processes dialed in. You have to have all these, you know, insert all the little things that have to go right. But meanwhile, we're continuing to throw stuff on the fire of the scale fire. We so badly want scale. So we just keep adding all these things. And it adds all this additional risk and effort to the system. And we don't have a stable base in the first place. Yeah. So you know, we're going to talk about this idea of raising the floor. We say it a million different ways. It's all fine. And so, so let's, let's just jump right in, Steve. What, yeah. We have this like overarching framework that we call the three C's. And, you know, this is just my opinion. First of all, this isn't fact. 
I say the correct way. This is my opinion on the correct way to build a business, obviously, right? Yeah. But let's 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 break this idea of of this word scale, because when people say I want to scale, mm-hmm. uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? So when I hear scale, I hear I want to do more deals. I want to have more people. I want to have you know what I see other big producers have, right? So like um, my perception of what's possible before I got a collective genius, my perception of what's possible now inside a collective genius, I would say before my opinion of scale would have been, you know, 10 to 20 deals a month. And that was it. There was like, there was no more like confines to it. It was, I want to just do 10 to 20 deals a month, right? There was no questions about profitability, there was no questions. There was no specifics of exactly processes or uh, um, how many heads in each seat. It was just more. It was a pretty ambiguous statement. Yeah. Well, and so a, a quick reframe for the people who are listening to this. And this, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I first heard this. Someone asked me, well, how much money do you want to make from your business? And my immediate <laughs> response, like my first thought and reaction, your gut was, instinct, as much as I can, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like I want to make as much as I possibly can. That that's how much money I want to make from my business. But the problem with that is, it's a completely undefined point. It's this infinite thing that's just out in the distance and you're never going to get there. If it feels like the goalpost is constantly moving for you, it's probably because you were operating like how Steve and I were operating for so long, which is, I just want more. I just want more money. I want to build a bigger business. I want to scale. And unfortunately, those words sound really good to our lizard brain. Like, ooh, yeah, I want more. But it's an undefined problem. We know we have this phrase we call the solvable problem. That is an unsolvable problem. Mm -hmm. And it's a recipe to max everything out. So if you felt like you've like been overwhelmed inside of your business, if you feel like you're about to blow up, um, you're struggling with all the different aspects of your business, my first question to you is, do you have clarity on what a winnable, solvable problem looks like because more is not solvable scale is not solvable let's bring it back to not i don't even i don't even want to define it as 10 to 20 deals a month because again that's defining the how not the what Mm -hmm. i would rather get clear on the what what do you need in order to live the life you want to live on your terms and on your timeline so don't tell me you want to do 10 deals a month don't tell me you want 100 rentals Tell me what you what you want from those how things, right? Is it ten grand a month? Is it t- most people that we've that we work with are usually between about ten and as high as about fifty thousand dollars a month? I see, but most people fall in that ten to thirty thousand a month. Right. That's really what they need to live the life that they want on their terms. But when I start looking at their business, I'm like, you're trying to build this ten million dollar business. Because you've gotten caught up in more, that more is better. And you're like, oh, I'll just overshoot. 
And then if I overshoot, well, then I'll take less if it comes. And my point is, yeah, but you end up adding all these things to support this narrative of scale, scale, scale without a clear endpoint and a clear outcome that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think not just uh, it's not just the more, right? It's also the comparison part where I see on social media and I'm not helping here because all my content on social media. Right, look at this guy. He did this. Look at this guy. He did that. I mean, we had a, a, a video that got published this past Sunday. And the headline was how one person did a million dollars a month net in wholesaling. Right? That is definitely plugging into the reptilian brain. Right. Right? So uh, not only are we vulnerable to it, but then there are people like myself that use those clickbait title <laughs> to, to keep poking well, at it. Better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, you talk about the risk and the effort. So like, what are, what are the risks, right? Um, I mean, I just kind of think, I can only think of, speak for myself here. In the pursuit of more, what would I do? I would redline everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, how much should we spend on marketing? As much as we possibly can. Now we know, right? It's like, hey, you know, there should be percentages, percentage revenue, this and that. But more or less, like, hey, it was a 5X ROI. Let's put everything into it. Yeah. Uh, we got our quarterly commitments. Hey, I know the book says like one to three rocks in traction, but maybe we can do four or five rocks, right? So we're just redlining our team. We're redlining our resources, redlining our marketing. And then if the music ever stops, it's, uh, you were talking about Jenga with a sledgehammer is what you are saying earlier. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's going to sound like. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I saw, I'm not going to say who, but I saw something on Facebook. And again, this is not, this is just my opinion, first of all. Like, I'm not saying these people are wrong. I'm just saying this is how you and I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, at least for me, that's how I think about it. And there was a question posed, like, if you knew you could get a 5X ROI on a marketing channel, how much would you spend or how much should you spend Mm -hmm. that marketing channel? And you see all these answers on this Facebook post and the, the correct answer that they gave was infinite. Mm-hmm. You, if you knew you could get a five X ROI, you should spend an infinite amount of money mm-hmm. to do that. And I sat back and I'm like, that in my opinion is what contributes to more people blowing themselves up that mentality than mm-hmm. anything else. Because it's just this endless pursuit of more. Don't consider the Mm trade-offs of the infinite pursuit of I could make more money if I do this. How does that going to affect your relationship? All your relationships. How is that going to impact your energy? How about your time? How about the attention that you now have to pay attention to all these different things? Mm -hmm. No. If you could get an infinite amount of money from in a 5X ROI situation, you should spend an infinite amount of money doing that. And I'm just here to say, I just completely disagree with that statement right there. Mm -hmm. Because again, that is just assuming that everyone wants an infinite amount of money, but that's not the case for most of us. I think most of us want a certain amount. I think he's looking through that with only one filter. Right. Right. And that one filter is financial. And look, this was me not that long ago, right? If you asked me that question two years ago, I would say the same thing. Unlimited. Put as much money into it as possible. 
right? Because it's, it's, and I can solve all my other problems later on, right? If I have unlimited money, I can solve all my problems later on. But the reality is there is cost and I got to experience it. I started with a six word update, right? I've got all these different things I'm working on right now. Cause again, my greatest bias is more over closer. <laughs> That's my strongest bias. And I have to fight that so hard. But in pursuit of all these different objectives, I'm getting distracted, right? I have to, with this, my wholesaling company, I have to take appointments on weekends sometimes, right? Um, I am not, again, being thoughtful enough with my wife, perhaps with my kids, you know? Uh, we have a, a, a pumpkin carving thing tomorrow morning. It's invited, right, for my daughter's school. I should 100% be there. I found out about it later on. I have two appointments scheduled at that time. Like, am I going to go and cancel those two appointments? Right? These are the kinds of things. If I was more intentional with my resources, maybe I could be there for the pumpkin carving. Right. Just, I think what you're just trying to say is that there's, there's things that are more, that are also valuable. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying business and money isn't valuable. I'm just saying that, and you're saying this, you're experiencing this. I've experienced this, you know, right. like if we don't, if we can't figure out how to define what success looks like in different areas, it's really easy to do it. It's also really easy not to do it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I and guess I what I'm, I would say there's also not enough data there, right? Cause it just is 5XRI. Was there any, anything else in that or is it just 5XRI? No, that's what I mean. That's why I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the question. Right. Okay. So let's just say 5XROI, right? So what's 5XROI is cold calling. Right. Then it's not just, you're just looking at the financial cost. You're completely discounting your energy, your effort, That's your, your attention. Right. If it's texting, are you opening up yourselves to liability? Right. It's not just a money equation. This is, this is not just a money in money out conversation, right? So what's the currency's going in or the currency's coming out. Yeah. It's just, it's uh yeah, you're right. It's a limited filter, you know, it's just not necessarily considering all the trade-offs. Mm -hmm. We, we say part of the certainty operating system is that every decision has an infinite number of trade-offs. There's theoretically an infinite number of things. If you're listening to this right now and you're spending your time and your attention and your energy to listen to this. Thank you. We appreciate that because there's a theoretically an infinite number of things you could be doing right now instead yeah. of listening to Steve and I chit chat yeah. about success and how to get there. Right. right. So we recognize that. We also recognize that if you choose to operate under the assumption that infinite amount of money is the only currency that's worthwhile, I can tell you you're going to run into a, a situation where you blow yourself up. May not blow yourself up, but yeah. you're going to face that. And you're going to, you're going to be taking on a lot of risk and effort for what? Mm -hmm. Just the endless pursuit of money. Again, if that's you, like go for it, take the advice of those people. Just don't be surprised when you run into a lot of other trade-offs that you probably weren't expecting or unwilling to trade. Mm -hmm. I would say on top of that, if that is your only currency, I would invite you guys to read, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, you know, as he's passing away, when he looks back, what he did in his life. And he's asking, what was, what was it all for? Right. Some of the most impactful people in our lifetime. One of the wealthiest men in our lifetime. Yeah. And I think in the end, he's like, 
maybe I didn't spend my time in the right places. Yeah. So let's 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 define what we mean by 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 reorienting from scale towards closer because scale equals more in my mind. Mm-hmm. Scale is not a bad phrase. Mm-hmm. Actually, in fact, a lot of us, we I mean, I wouldn't say a lot of us, like almost all of us have to scale our business to a certain point. But it's the endless pursuit of just an undefined point yeah scale that's that's what we want to avoid i want i want to add some distinction here i wouldn't say scale is more i would say unbound scaling is more yeah scaling for the sake of scaling is more scaling without a qualifier yeah so what we're saying is like scale to what you know scale to what so if you've heard us talk through the so closer over more that's what we're getting at when we say that it's more is not a solvable problem. It's just more. It's always more. It's just the goalpost just continues to move. So what we're saying is define what what you want. That takes courage to to define what success means because most people won't define success because in doing so, they also define failure and nobody likes to be a failure. So a lot of times we just don't define success. I mean, again, um, yeah, it hurts when we know that it's like little things that we can do by spending time with our wife mm-hmm. and then we don't do them. But because I, again, I'm not, I do the same thing, man. Literally <laughs> I'm doing the same thing right now. Um, it, 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 so we don't, we don't define what success looks like because we don't want to be like, I failed as a husband, mm-hmm. you know? So what we're saying is first step is Steve and I have this acronym that we call a timer. We've heard, we talked about this all the time. A stands for attention. T, time. I, impact or influence. M, money. E, energy. And R, relationships. What I would encourage you to do is to think through all of those currencies. Of course, money is important. How important is your attention? You know, uh, how much of it are you unwilling to spend on things that you don't want to spend it on? You know? How about time? What are you willing to do? Actually, I think I realized that it's not time that I want. It's other currencies, mm-hmm. um, the impact that you make. What is the impact you make on your community, on your team, on your church, on your insert, whatever that is. How much money do you need to live the life that you want on your terms? If you can't put a number to that, then try, right? Mm-hmm. Start trying to put a number to that. How about your energy? What is it that you that sucks the energy out of you? What is it that gives you so much energy throughout the day? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, relationships. What's, I mean, your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your team, with your community, again, with your church. Impl- in, insert all of these different relationships that you have. And what does success look like in these, in these different areas? I'm saying be courageous enough to define what success looks like. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And especially with the things that aren't as easy to count. Money is is very easy to overlook and just chase more. It's also really easy to not define what success looks like in these other areas. So first step and is get clarity on how to do that. Now, again, we have a 10-week series that we do as part of the Will Club that helps people do that. It's a whole process around getting clarity, being able to define 
what it is. And, and so if you want to learn more about that, you can go to realestatecertainty.com. Uh, check it out. You can get some insight on what we do there. That's the first step. Get clarity. Got to know what success looks like. And, and there's a critical distinction here. I think a lot of times we get really attached to our ideas of what we think is going to, or how we think we're going to get to the what, you know, it's the what versus the how. What I mean is define what success looks like. Don't get so attached to how it needs to look because the more options that we have on how to get there, the more likely we are to get there. Yeah. So what I see a lot of times people making a mistake and again, I'm guilty of this. I did the same thing is they're new to wholesaling or they're new to rental properties or they're new to something. We all start somewhere and we say, I want a hundred rental properties or I want to do 10 deals a month in wholesale. And if you're like me, when you started out, you don't know what you don't know yet. You don't understand all the trade-offs to these decisions. You don't understand like what it actually takes to run that type of a business. And if you get so attached to it, you may be blind to a more efficient path to get there. Yeah. So that's the first step is first of all, get clarity. And then what we like to say is keep the loop open. Keep the loop open on how it's going to look. Because the idea here is we want to we get to the things that we want in life with the least amount of risk, the least amount of effort, and the most amount of options. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's, it's so simply said, how do we do it, right? Like, that's the hardest part. How do we get out of our own ways <laughs> so we can actually do it? So we've talked about redlining and the risk. And I guess redlining is also tied to effort. But, you know, we talked about the cost of scaling for the sake of scaling. What is the exact risk? Like what is the risk we take if we scale let's for the talk, risk of, for the sake of scaling? Yeah, let's talk about it in terms of a timer because that's just how I think about everything is well, these different. I guess what I would look another way, right? Because I, I think that's the cost. And I think cost and risk are, t are a little bit different, right? And maybe it's, 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 it is closely related. But let's say like I can say for me, I'm just speaking again from my own personal experience, when we get scale for the sake of scaling, I would go, and this has been a problem for more than a decade. I would go to a seminar. I would see some guy speak on stage. Like, here's what I did to add 50% growth to my business in the last three months, right? Because you only put the guy who's crushing it. You don't put the guy who's like failing, right? So like this guy has been kind of even, he scales 50%, right? Hey, let's tell his story. Next quarter, this guy's been pretty even, and he sells 50% in the last quarter, right? So you're always just hearing the guy who's, like, had massive success, and he's like, oh, what's the one thing he worked on? So what, it, uh, so what happens? I go back. Ooh, that guy's using an investor machine. I need to go do this. Oh, uh, this guy is uh, using TV marketing. I'm going to add this. Oh, this guy just signed up for Salesforce. I'm going to add this, right? And, like, every quarter, this is the one thing we're going to add. What happens? Right. And I guess maybe it is just a cost situation here. You go back to your organization. Hey, guys, we're going to do this, this, and this. What does, and let's look at the personality profiles of people that we, we, we manage. 
generally you and I, strong drivers. We're out to conquer the world. We like an idea. We want to go execute it. <clears throat> Who generally works with us, works for us? Administrative people, high S, high C personalities. Do they like change? They hate change. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do? Come back. Hey, by the way, here's a pile of notes. I think this is a brilliant idea. Go execute it. What do we, what do we lose? Influence over them? They're like, stupid. We should not let Steve go to seminars. Why do we keep letting Steve go to seminars? Right? So we're losing influ influence. When it doesn't work, what does it cost us? Reputation. Right? They're like, there he is again. Another crazy idea. All right, so reputation. What does it cost us? Energy, money. Time. It costs us all the currencies. Now, it, not to say these things don't work. Some of them do. The problem is not all of them do. And in fact, most of them won't. And every time we do this, we just steadily lose influence, money, energy. Uh, uh, we're damaging the relationships inside our organization every time we do this. Mm -hmm. And we scale for the sake of scaling. Un, like I said, unbound scaling. Yeah, and we don't always realize, that's the thing is you can't see the trade-offs while you're doing them because we just can't see the future. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a great idea. We have this brilliant idea, but there's risk involved in every decision that we do. And the risk is, we actually got into a conversation recently, um, Jesse Bibby, a friend of ours, was talking about task switching mm -hmm. and how this idea of like switching tasks, you don't just go from one task to another. There's energy leaks and loss in that switching back and forth. He gave some like brilliant numbers and all sorts of stuff. But yeah. I, the, the main gist I took out of it is like, yeah, if, you, if you're switching constantly to different things, you're losing energy, time, effort, all that stuff um, as a, just a result of just switching from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. So so this, this concept of, okay, so we have to, we have to do something in order to move the ball forward, mm -hmm. but we don't always have to do something like right in the moment that we want. You know, our brain tells us you got to do something now. You got to do something now. Mm -hmm. Oh, take action, right? Start taking action. Jump straight I'm to not, execute. I'm not against taking action. What I'm against doing is playing Django with sledgehammers. And I, I just, this is a, this is just what I did. You know, it's like take massive action, what they say to do. And so what do you do? You never, you've never done this before. You've never done wholesaling. You've never, and I say never. So we're talking about like maybe a three year span here from the time you start the business to the time that the business is like now consuming all of your life. You're not really that profitable. It can't, you can't figure out where the problem is. And I can tell you, don't pretend like that's not the norm in our industry. Like a lot of people are struggling with that because they, they've built this complicated system. They can't quite figure it out. It's just constantly chasing your tail, trying to find the problem. So instead, let me, let me propose an alternative way of going about this. And let's use Jenga as an example. You know, mm -hmm. do you play Jenga with a sledgehammer? No, I mean, you could, really. you could, I, I wouldn't encourage it. It's just, so what's the risk of playing Django with a sledgehammer? Uh, I mean, you're you're going to lose, and you might even lose after like one turn. Right. So the risk is the whole thing falls over and you lose. Yeah. yeah. The upside is if you hit it just right and you knock that thing out and it just pew, shoots out the back. 
Well, what about a hammer? You know, what if I just like started whacking it with a hammer? It's smaller than a sledgehammer. Yeah, I've got a better chance mm -hmm. of hitting that thing and it coming out without knocking the whole thing over. Again, the risk is that the whole thing falls over. What I'm saying is that's not how you play Jenga. <laughs> you play Jenga by like lightly tapping on different blocks, find the one that's loose and you pull that one. Now, after that one gets pulled, do you know what the next block is going to is going to be before you go up there and tap on it again? No, you don't. You wouldn't just like pick one and mash at it again. You, just, you don't do that. Because again, as bricks stack on top, some of them start to get loose that were once not loose. Some of them that were loose before now are not moving because of like the weight distribution and stuff like this. And so that's the whole concept of what Dr. Jeff, our, our friend and mentor, calls the soft offense. Mm -hmm. It's like saying, listen, I know the goal of the game is to win. I understand what I want. But I also don't know what the right path is because I can't read the future. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what opportunities or options the universe is going to give to me. Right. So we just operate as if we know exactly what's going to happen into the future. And that's not the case. Just like with Jenga, you wouldn't like scout out. I'm going to get this block and then I'm going to get this block and I'm going to get this block. Yeah. You find the loose one. You pull that one. You wait for the other players. Mm -hmm. Then you go back at it again. You find the loose one and you pull it. That's the analogy that I want you to think about. And we use a term to describe that we call micro-stepping. Yeah. means what's the smallest step? So we're saying bias action, first of all. I'm not saying don't take action. I always run the risk of this conversation of people thinking, I don't think that action is a good thing. I think it's the right thing to do. What I'm saying is learn to retrain your brain to play more like Jenga and micro-step. So you're looking for the smallest step you can take that can get feedback to then justify the next step. Yeah. Right. And what we do is we get into the business world and we're like, okay, we're going to hire a lead manager. We're going to hire an acquisitions manager. We're going to get this system. We're going to do these three marketing channels. And we're just going to try to build all this all at once. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then you struggle because you can't find where the issue is. And maybe you're just like, an amazing business owner and you're just like you scaled you never ran into any problems it all worked and i would say yeah. like please tell me how you did this right. um i mean i think that's there's a story i can't remember what it was exactly right but it's basically they're in a fog and they're like how do you know where to go like i don't but i know where the next right step is yep if i just keep taking the next right step i'll eventually get to where i know i want to be because i have a general idea where it is but I don't know exactly where it is. If I can look down and I can see the path, I can take the next step. I can take the next step. But the next yep. step doesn't reveal itself until you take a step. So again, it's not inaction. It's taking action, micro step, collect a little bit of data along the way versus I kind of think what you're talking about, you know, uh, building a, uh, uh, another, um, you know, hiring this, hiring that. It's kind of like we, in a way, kind of like envision, I can just pull up Eric Brewer's business pull out, you know, the blueprint, right? Just kind of look at it. It's like, oh, okay, this is how he built it. All right, I'm just going to hire all these things and it'll work just fine, mm. right? It was kind of like, uh, I remember I had a person that left in our organization. She was like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Like, yeah, all, I mean, all I need to do is just hire some inside sales agents, hire some outside sales agents, get some leads, and then, you know, we'll just have a similar business. Like, oh, that's it? 
That's all you got to do. Just get hire inside sales agents, outside sales agents, and spend some money on your marketing. Perfect. Godspeed. <laughs> but it just feels so good to do all of it, to take massive action. Yeah. For, for a lot of, it's just so funny because some people struggle with analysis paralysis, and it's like, that's the opposite of me. Oh, yeah. I do not struggle with that. I no. struggle with taking huge action. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the risk is you took a big step, but you took it in the wrong direction. In fact, we had a really insightful conversation. And that's risky. That's, that's another risk. Go ahead. That's the risk. So uh, there's a guy in our, our group. His name's Cal. And Cal, this is nerdy. So first of all, I recognize this is nerdy. But he says there's a big difference between speed and velocity. Mm-hmm. Velocity is like a vector. It means you're going, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rate of change, but in a certain direction, mm-hmm. you're going a certain direction Whereas speed. It's not, we're not talking about a direction. It's just fast. You're just going fast. So it's, <laughs> if you're going fast, but in the wrong direction, is that good? I would mm-hmm. say not necessarily. I would rather be going slow in the right direction so that I don't have to backtrack. And that's the risk, right? Is that we're going fast. That's great turbo, but slow down. Cause you're not going in the right direction. You're getting further away from what you say that you want. You say that you want passive income. You say that you want these different things, but you're making all these decisions that almost guarantees that you don't get those things. Right. That's what was true for me. So th- the whole point is we'd rather be, at least at the beginning of the process, mm-hmm. we'd rather like press lightly on different things to make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Once we're headed in the right direction and we start getting that momentum and we continue to validate our assumptions with data, by all means, let's increase the speed. Pedal to the metal. Sure. But let's let the data support that and yeah. let's build not by trying to raise the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But building towards how do we lock in our solvable problem? Most of us in real estate, we think in terms of cash flow. So let's just use an easy number, 20K a month. Is there, I, again, I just, I, we, you and I, we worked with now over 100 different real estate investors. Mm-hmm. Most people can afford to live the life that they want to live. I say most on $20,000 a month. Doesn't mean that I wouldn't take more money. But what I'm saying is I want to lock that floor in. I want to build the business so that the floor is highly stable Yeah. and anything else is gravy. You know, I'm not chasing the gravy. I'm chasing to lock in that floor. And so I'm building the business around a lot of people call it the right size. You know, I'm right sizing the business around that floor and I'm micro stepping my way because I know that the biggest risk is uh, going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. And again, just to say this another way, the reason why Paul and I feel qualified to speak on this matter is because we wish we heard this message sooner. Right. It's that we're both quick starts. I think you were a nine on the Kobe. I think I'm an eight on the Kobe and quick starts. Right. We don't need a lot of data to take action. We just need an idea as like, that's good enough for me. And we're going right. That person did it. It worked gone. Like we're, we're sprinting in that direction. And so the idea is, you know, again, my favorite word, uh, my favorite phrase from, from Dr. Jeff Spencer is, that, you know, the most powerful word in a, in a champion's vocabulary is restraint. Restraint. That's that, so that's all we're talking about here. We're not saying don't take action. 
We're not saying don't take massive action, really. It's like take micro steps, and if that's good, then go pedal to metal. Then go all in. You know, pour more resources, allocate resources in that department. Mm-hmm. Once you've seen that this actually takes traction. I guess another example you kind of see, like you see, you watch like uh, Shark Tank, you used to watch it all, you know, back in the day. And they get this amazing product. Oh, everyone's going to love it. It's like, no, you love it. <laughs> the market has no demand for it. But you've gotten, you've gotten the HELOC on your home. You got all your friends investing in it. <laughs> you got your family investing in this product. You've invested hundreds of thousands, if not millions, on a product that nobody wants to buy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's the risk. And uh, yeah, so, so we talked about the very beginning. We talked about what we call the three C's. Mm-hmm. So if there's if there's anything you take you take away out of this, it's th- it's what we call the three C's. The first is clarity. You got to define what success means, otherwise someone else is going to define it for you, or you'll just end up chasing this arbitrary more. That's really not a goal. That's just an infinite game that's almost going to guarantee you never get there. How do I know? Because it's undefined. More is you'll never get there. So first of all, be courageous enough to define what success looks like in your life. And use that acronym A timer. That's that's really how I how we think about it. Define what that means. Because now as we go out and we start engaging in the world, so the first C is clarity. The second C is certainty. Certainty on what we want, but uncertainty in what it's gonna look like. But I guess we say certainty, like knowing that you have the right tools to navigate the terrain. And if there's the one tool that I think of the, as the most foundational to certainty, we have an entire operating system around the certainty operating system. The first tenant is closer over more. So you can filter out a lot of stuff. So again, you say that you want time to do certain things. You say that you want certain things. Well, the first question is, if I make this decision, is it going to get me closer to that? Or is it just more? For the sake of more again if i told you you could make more money but it came at the cost of your spouse and your kids well does that really get you closer or are you getting further away right so it's not just about money but clarity certainty that we have the right tools to navigate the terrain because the universe is going to give us opportunities do we have the ability to opt in and say "Ooh, that gets me closer right there Mm -hmm. and the last c is what we call collapse time Back to the whole, we'd rather be going in the right direction than going fast. But once we've got clear evidence that we're going in the right direction, okay, collapse time means you can go faster now. We can start speeding up because we've got evidence that we're building something that's going to support what success means from all aspects of our life. Right. So feel free to go fast. But, you know, those three C's are really helpful for me. What we like to do is we like to completely invert that. We like to go really fast, decide if we like it, and then say, does this make me successful yet? Am I successful yet? You know, we, we have a tendency to just completely invert that. Yeah, that's true. Painful to hear. Um, and one thing, just uh, just to qualify or clarify just one more time like again we're not opposed to scaling the way i look at it is scale to the size of business that gives you what you want yeah right scale with a a bound right with a number like okay once you get to this point now you get to 
have more time. You get to have more energy. You can pay more attention to things you want to pay attention to. That's all we're suggesting, right? So it's not don't scale. It's scale to the amount so that you can have of the of the six currencies, the currencies that are most valuable to you. Right. And if you get there and you're like, this is great. I want I want something different now. Well, welcome to the party. You know, <laughs> what, what we want today, what I want today is very different than what I wanted five years ago. It's reasonable to assume it's going to be different five years from now. Yeah. So this isn't like built in a vacuum where nothing changes. That's not just that's not life. That's not reality. All we're saying is create a winnable game. Also recognize that you reserve the right to change your mind at any point in time. If you decide that th this is no longer what I want. Okay, great. Be someone that's willing to change their mind. Also, if you get there and you realize that now I want something else, that's okay too. Life is not this like, um, I just, I just don't think that life is an endless pursuit of, of more personally. Mm. I think it's, it's, it can be an endless pursuit of chasing your full potential. Like we talk about the difference between a finite and an infinite game. So how do you, how do you win at being a father? How do you win in your ability to impact people in your community? You don't, you don't win that game. You just keep playing it and see how good that you can get. But what I'm trying to say is on the finance side, we got to build a winnable game here. Otherwise we're just going to endlessly chase more and more and more money. I don't think that's what we really want an endless pursuit of. It's just, we need to reframe it. It's a, it's an endless pursuit of our full potential. It's an endless pursuit on the impact we can make. And you know, how much money can I give to charity in my lifetime? That's a worthwhile pursuit. And you may need businesses that continue to support that goal. That's great. All we're saying is just get clarity. Get clarity yeah. on what you want. Get clarity on what success means. Define it so that we have a metric to know whether we're getting closer to it. Otherwise, you'll do what I did, which is you're just scaling and chasing more. And then I ended up blowing myself up because I was maxing everything out. I was redlining everything in my life just for this endless pursuit of just making more money and building a bigger business. And I just, it took that reframe towards how much money do you really want to make here? And my lizard brain said, Ooh, I want to make as much money as I can. Well, I'm not saying you can't make as much money as you want. I'm just saying, let's stair step this a right. little bit. Go create a game that we can win. Great. When you get there, no one's saying you can't go bigger. Mm -hmm. Let's just, not just chase this endless pursuit of more because that's not a game that can be won. Exactly. Perfectly said. Uh, if someone wanted to get um, your input, your feedback on their business and they're doing the right things to scale their business the right way, how can they find out more? Well, first of all, there's this little book right here called Rigging the Game. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't picked that book up, it's like five or six bucks. And you don't need me, actually. Just go read that book. Because it's, it's packed with the operating system that Steve and I sit here and talk about week after week after week. We're getting this from somewhere. We're not that smart. You know, we didn't make this up, right? We're getting these concepts that are old concepts, but we've given new language to it. And our, our partner, Dan, has, has done a great job 
succinctly defining this in this book. So first is go pick that book up. If you want to learn more about it, um, you can go to amazon.com and just Google or uh, check out rigging the game. If you've read that book and you're like, I get it, but I don't quite know how to implement it. Well, that's what we help people do. This isn't rocket science to understand these concepts. It's very different thing to get your behaviors to actually change as a result of understanding. That's what we do. That's what we specialize in. Because not only have we been doing this ourselves for two years now, working directly with Dan and and, uh, his partner, Nick, to learn how to implement this in our own life and business, but we've now helped over 100 real estate investors take these tools and concepts and implement it so that they can get clarity on their goals and get there with the least amount of risk, least amount of effort, and most amount of options. So if you want my input on that, and again, I ask that you just read this book because it allow us to have a higher quality conversation. You can go to realestatecertainty.com. There's a little button there that says uh, apply actually. Um, and you can schedule a 30 minute, what I call a discovery call, or we'll just sit down. I'll just kind of ask you a bunch of questions. I'll give you some prompts. I'll give you some tools to think through what you're going, uh, what, what your game is and how to define success on your terms. And like I said, we also have a group of whales starting. I didn't, I didn't say this, but we have a group of whales starting here in a couple of weeks. This is about 15 to 20 investors. We bring people through in groups and we're going to be helping them. You know, this is part of what we offer as our program in Whale Club. It's a six and a half month curriculum to learn how to implement these things in your life and business. So if you want clarity, if you want to learn how to get to your goals with the least amount of risk and least amount of effort, it's not a prescription. It's about playing your game. We have the tools to use that you can take and make your own, your unique toolbox to navigate your own terrain, right? We're not a big fan of a prescription base. Go do these things mm-hmm. and then you'll be successful. That's just right. not how success works in our experience. Definitely not. It's about finding it on your terms, building a business around that and getting there with the least amount of risk and effort. So like I said, if you want to learn how to do that or how we do it, check out Rigging the Game. You could go to realestatecertainty.com after that. You can book some time with me and I'll walk you through some of these tools. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for watching today. See you guys next week.